Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Scott, you're so calm. Uh, Hungover. Um, oh, okay. Um, what did you have a second impeachment party or what? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm running a little slow today. A little Are slow. You? You're gonna have to carry this, Kara. Oh, it's gonna oh. be like every other show. Oh, don't tell me that. So, Scott, may I say that you got the COVID vaccine? Am I allowed to do that? Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, let's just say educators were put on the list in New York. Uh huh. And I think vaccines are an absolutely wonderful thing. And I think it's humanity and science and truth coming together. Uh, so uh, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Well, I'm only asking because I think everyone should get it. And I think educators and everyone should talk about how good it is to get it and how how helpful it is. Tell me about the process, because most of us have not gotten it yet. Uh, it's pretty easy. You go onto the website, you fill out a survey. And mm-hmm. in this instance, there was some confusion because we weren't sure if professors were going to be included in, in the category of educators, but mm-hmm. once, uh, but then it came out, I guess on Monday, I guess it's the union that's very strong here or mm-hmm. for, they got the K through 12 and then someone in the health department made the observation that professors, generally speaking, are much older and typically speak sometimes in front of hundreds of super spreaders, not mm-hmm. 10 or 28 year olds, um, so that they were actually more vulnerable. They, I got a note from the chief operating officer at Stern saying, profs are now included. I immediately went to the website Filled out the survey, got a QR code, went to this uh, makeshift school in Bushwick. Never been to Bushwick before. I feel much younger and much hipper. I'm going to grow a beard and get a nose <laughs> it's like, ring. It's God in Bushwick. <laughs> got, got some ink. Got some ink. Had a paps. Um, and it was just, I yeah, look, I thought it was inspiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I'm just very, I'm grateful that there are so many smart people all pursuing the truth, all pursuing um had a had a better humanity. It felt very apolitical, which was nice. Yeah. And, you know, I gotta be honest, Kara, I feel 
uh, I feel liberated. I feel a little bit guilty. I feel like I have a little bit of survivor guilt because I feel as if I'm healthy, but unfortunately, well, it's a I'm, process of vaccinating people, and educators are on the list. I'm coming up soon. I'm coming up soon on the list. And what I would tell know. everybody is, I would have never known this, but I have been all over this and called my in-laws and said, you need to get vaccinated right away. And they said, oh, where we're going to. And I'm like, no, 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 go on the website right now right. and schedule an older. appointment. Right. And uh, anyways, I, do, I, I, don't, I don't think I felt this good and this optimistic in a long, long time. Right. And I think that this represents our best of humanity. I think a lot of people deserve a lot of credit for this. Mm -hmm. So look, I, I, it's the most kind of what I'll call the most wonderful thing I've participated in, in a long time. And I'm very grateful uh, to, to New York State, to the health department. And to, it was smooth. It was a smooth process because we talked about very how hard easy. it is around testing unless you had some dollars. You know what I mean? Like the confusion. It was an easy process for you. Super easy. Uh, Even though there's controversy there. in New York around some of the vaccine vaccination programs. Well, I think rightfully so. Uh, you know, I, I went through a bunch of guilt, like, should I wait? Um, it's, it's, but anyways, I think everyone has an obligation once that they are legally legally um, uh, eligible to go get that goddamn vaccine yeah. as soon as possible. That's and you how take we're a second one, correct? Yeah, I'm supposed to come back uh, February 8th and uh, I got the Moderna vaccine, which is mm -hmm. a messenger RNA vaccine. And also right. I'd like to highlight that of the millions and millions of people have, that have received this thing, there's been uh, you know a few very well publicized examples of someone having a reaction, but I think it's. I think the statistics show it's much. You know, it's much yeah. more dangerous. Your ride there, your your drive there is much more dangerous. Good. So, so how do you feel afterwards? How did you feel? Did you feel tired or? I felt wonderful and I felt American and I felt like I was participating. No, I mean physically. Some people. Did you? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I felt absolutely. I wouldn't have known if someone hadn't have told me. I wouldn't have known. No. And I was in a. They make you hang out in an auditorium. It felt like eighth grade again. Yeah. And uh, for 15 minutes, just to make sure you don't have some sort of a reaction. And mm -hmm. there were hundreds of people in there. I saw absolutely no evidence of anything, not even people saying, oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I, you Good. know. So Let me I say, feel, my, brother got, my brother got the second vaccine. He's a doctor. So he got his early also. Um, and he's, he, he does a lot of COVID related things. And um, he said the second one made him feel a little achy. Um, but he feels fine. You know what I mean? Like he, he was, really, that's yeah, interesting. It was interesting. He just mentioned it to me. I'm excited that DC is now at 65 plus and it is going to move down to my age group next, which I'm very, I'm going to be first in line, first in line for this thing. And I one think of the, that's the way to go. One of the things that's really important for people to remember is even though you get the vaccine, it does not make you Superman. Um, it, you also can still transmit the disease, apparently. So you yeah, have to be not sure, right? very they, careful. Yeah. Even you can be, you can transmit it to others. So um, until we get enough people with this vaccine, it's not, we're not going to be out of the woods, but it does protect you in ways that you're not, you know, a burden on the healthcare system, um, which is also a, a real problem. Anyway, Scott, Wait, I think so that's that, great that, that you did that. that. I know you felt, I know you didn't want me to bring it up, but I think you should. I think we have to push people to get these vaccines, educators, and then, and then, and we move on down the list in terms of um, people that really need it. And, you know, I'm happy you got it. My son's going back to NYU. Of course, they have a whole process to go back. Um, he's going back this week. We had to get a test before. He's going to get a test when he's there. 
mm-hmm. um, right when he gets there and he gets a weekly test like on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, and the minute he can get the vaccine, I want him to get it. You know, he's younger and everything, but and I'm sure he's low down on the list. But I have to say, I'm happy the professors there are getting it. And I think professors, colleges have to start operating again in an analog style and stuff. So. Well, not like that, but it, it, it brings out uh, in yoga, there's this term off the mat. And that mm-hmm. is people start living healthier lives. Yep. Say, when they start doing yoga, they start thinking about the food they're eating, the way they, be, they, be, they behave, the way they comport themselves, they equi- the way they equip themselves emotionally. And I find, you know, as soon as I got the vaccine, it was immediately like, you know, I can teach in person mm-hmm. and I, I want to be helpful. And it's not because, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy, although I, 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 it is probably some virtue signaling, but I think people are excited to get back and be part of society and be helpful yep. and, and contribute uh, around sectors of the economy where others can't because they're, you know, they, they're not as fortunate as as some of us who had access to it. Anyways, I, I look good for good for me, good for good for educators, good for the planet. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine other than Chipotle, <laughs> you know, um, uh, the Queen's Gambit. I can't imagine anything better in the world right now. So, oh right, Scott is has been vaccinated. Thank God, all of us have a sigh of relief. What but a thrill! Speaking, speaking of New York City, orgy. Can no, you say no, orgy? No, 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 don't. Of course, oh, wait, as usual, I'll wear a mask <laughs> no. I, because I always wear a mask during an orgy. So, okay. uh, all right. I go as Judy Garland. I go as Judy Garland. We had a moment of beautiful civic virtue. I go as Judy Garland right into orgy as usual. I go Listen, as a witch. Sorry trying to get that. off this, uh, New York City is ending its business contracts <laughs> oh, with Donald good. Trump, yes. including the Ice Woman Ice Ring. New York City is ending its business contracts with Donald Trump. Your thoughts? Lots of them. There's a golf course. There's a there's a bunch of stuff that he runs for the city of New York. You know, okay. I don't. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure municipalities. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm a little bit worried that the Trump brand is getting dumped by a lot of businesses. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think any of them are going to be. They're sort of persona non grata in New York. Especially I think it's perfectly fine. You don't have Sackler wing. They took why? Why did you didn't have a problem when they took Sackler off of things? It's fine. I, like, I'm not sure I have a problem here. I, I just <laughs> uh, it, it's like to what end? Okay, uh, I guess we, we can do just it all shut the time. them out. Yeah, I, we do, do it all states the time. or do state? I guess I guess the PGA. That was the one that really must have hurt. Is the PGA mm-hmm. has announced they're not going to do a golf tournament out of one of his courses? Hey. Uh, started I, let, let me take it back to you. I, I, the bottom line is I have no reaction to that. What are your thoughts? I think it's exactly right. Like, it, yeah. and everyone's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, they did it to the Sacklers. They do it to lots of names that become problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, uh, fomenting an insurrection at the Capitol was problematic. Oh, there's that. It's problematic. And <laughs> there's so yeah, that. everyone's always trying to make these extra arguments like, oh, never done. I'm like, it's done all the time, all the right? time. Just like just, you know, when Josh Hawley was all whining like a big giant baby about losing his contract. Lots of people lose their book contracts over. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses these things when they, they fall into disrepute. And in this case, mm-hmm. I think Trump really tops everyone in terms of what he did. And if New York State, I mean, of course, it's virtue signaling, but so what they do all the time and it's perfectly fine not to want to be affiliated with the trump brand it's fine it's fine I'm all right boom there fine you go. okay leads us to the big story trump is the only president to be impeached twice twice uh, twice, twice he's bigger bigger and better there was a picture of him and donald uh, and bill clinton it said here's three quarters of the impeachments in u.s history um there's only been four the House held a hearing on Trump's second impeachment for inciting last week's violent insurrection in the Capitol. Several House Republicans, including third-ranking member Liz Cheney, 
daughter of Dick Cheney, but she's a representative, uh, voted to impeach the president, although uh, many have received threats against their families for doing so. And those who wanted to didn't do it because they were getting threats. Apparently, there's quite a few of those. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has told Senate Minority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer they're going to switch their jobs soon, uh, that he will not convene the Senate until next week. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to Tuesday's Pivot episode uh, with historian and expert on coups, Ruth Ben-Giat. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so what do we think about all this? This is like another day at the races with this guy. Well, I watched some of the hearings and the, the one statement that really struck me was um, one of the representatives stood up and said, you know, this rotunda or this hall is now a crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, uh, it's just, I think it's almost incalculable the amount of damage that's been done abroad. People, people don't appreciate just how powerful our brand is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when you're traveling, people are less likely, quite frankly, to fuck with you when you're American because mm-hmm. we're seen as having our act together and we're seen as having our, you know, our, our memory as long as our reach is far. Companies are very inclined to do work. Uh, parents are very inclined to let their kids uh, try and start their careers or get an education here. Mm-hmm. Pe- people so are brand inclined. USA is. Oh my gosh, they, they're much less likely to aid and abet our enemies for fear that we are we we are not only, you know, we're not only our. I, I generally think our brand around the world is that people see us as arrogant. They see us as somewhat. Um, indulgent, but that our heart's in the right place. We get it wrong all the time, but our heart's in the right place. And I think we've lost a lot of that. What do we say at the next time there's a Tiananmen Square? What do we say to, we used to weigh in and have an impact and influence. People, I think dictators and strongmen around the world used to think twice because they knew that America would weigh in and potentially think about economic sanctions, think about a military response. And now it's sort of like, well, it's hard to know what they're gonna do. I think uh, hopefully Biden restores some of that competence, but I just, uh, it's sort of, with Trump, one of the things, and, I, and then I'll turn it back to you because I realize I'm blabbering on, but typically with Trump, it's you make he does something outrageous that's quite frankly not that meaningful. It's just a stupid thing, reflects mm-hmm. poorly on him, reflects poorly on the country, reflects poorly on his party. And then it, it, it starts, it's perishable. It loses its viscosity because yes. he does something else stupid. This is the opposite. This is going to fester yeah, like a giant open wound. Yeah. And I also believe, I also believe we're going to find out some very, very uncomfortable things about who knew about this, who yep. aided it. Yep. And we're going to be shocked how high up they go. And yeah. The question is, do we have capacity for shock with this guy? That's what he does. He constantly shocks, like you just said it. And this brand, I think that the investigation is going to show very deep ties in terms of, you know, this one, this Representative uh, Mickey Sh- Mickey Sherrill, something like that. Right. She's she's uh, she's been in the military and she's uh, she was a federal prosecutor and she and other thirty others are saying why were there tours of the Capitol the day before giant groups of people that someone let in to look around um, so that there was possibly some linkage between the people who were you know linking the people that were in the Capitol to what uh, the day before and there's all kinds of stuff there is clearly something was going on here Some, <laughs> some something's wrong I've been but in that I, building. I Invest, so, yeah. I wanted, I'm not going to be like a QAnon person and go, oh, there's got to be some. I, I'm really yeah. eager to see the investigations in terms of but, the proof. But my point is we get mildly angry at things around the Trump administration. Right. That anger dies down and moves on to new new, new anger. This is just going to grow. This mm-hmm. is this is so upsetting. It's, you know, it's difficult to process what has actually happened here. And then I think it's the weight and the gravity of what's actually, because I think everyone's in a state of shock and just trying to process it. I, I just think yeah. we're going to become more and more pissed off. And without him in power, I think people are going to start to loosen up their lips in terms of what happened and what occurred and what he was doing. And I think that's what's going to be, it's going to be the collective um, 
oh, actually what happened is, oh yeah, and and so it's a, it's an interesting thing. One of the things that I found interesting is they don't, the, some people close to Trump wanted to get him on Gab and some other platforms and mm-hmm. uh, little Jared did not. And I think that actually, I think he's he's really quite astonishingly dumb in terms of how he's handled himself. But that was a good move because you cannot, if, right? Can you imagine right now Trump on Twitter during this whole period? I mean, well, he either convict is... himself or make it worse or something. I am so pleased he is. It's actually, and that's actually smart for him to keep his mouth shut. Well, this is, uh, I, I, I thought the best summary of kind of social media around this, and I've been thinking a lot about Twitter, is that effectively um, tyranny is the temporary alliance between the elite and a mob. Mm-hmm. And this, that's what this was. This was an alliance not Ooh. only between you know the, the elite and that is President Trump, but quite frankly, it's a it's been a slow burning uh, exercise in fascism, with the uh, partnering of the elite, specifically some of the richest people in the world, some of the most powerful people in the world, some of the wealthiest people in America, some of the people who've been most blessed, mm-hmm. and a mob paying for it. Yeah. And and so, in my opinion, and I don't say this lightly, Twitter and Facebook are fascism with a health plan okay, and a cafeteria. Okay, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to them in a second, Sorry. but I want to understand what you think right now from a brand America. How does how does Biden carry this over? Continue the investigations or or move on? This there's the whole move on crowd that you saw last night. He, um, he, I, I got to be honest. I, I've never been, and I'm you know I, I I wasn't a big fan of how how Biden handled himself through the election. I find I was. It, I love the basement. Well done. Um, and and it, it ended up being the right strategy. Exactly. But I think he's he's been, uh, this has been a masterclass since his election because he can say, let's move on. And I think that's smart. He wants to position himself as bipartisan, but at the I'm same time, the future, right? at the same time, he's going to look at the FBI and he's going to do exactly what they should do. If you want to talk about repair, it comes down to one word, accountability. And I think, I think you know what, where we're going to find a lot about the FBI under their, you know, the prosecutorial, License and leverage gets people speaking really fast. And, you know, it goes something like this. They sit down with uh, the security guard who supposedly was communicating with the mob or whatever it is. And they say, you can go to jail for six months Mm -hmm. or 20 years. (laughs) You got 30 minutes to figure out what you're going to tell us. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to, I think we're going to find, I think, I think Biden is handling this from his standpoint, at least publicly, very well. He wants to come across as someone who's a healer and can reach across the aisle. And yeah. this is publicly he'll, because other people are going to do his bidding. Yeah. The so FBI, Nancy Pelosi can be the Nancy Pelosi. Of. That's right. He right. doesn't need to. So, you know, but this is, this is going to go on for a while. We're going to be reading articles. We're going to be in a state of shock and we're going to find out more and more shocking things. The, this, the onion is going to stink more and more as we as we peel it back. Here. What do you think? I, th- I agree with you. I think once they start to do investigations, that's going to be really. And I think the anger of the Trump voters are, is, even though people say, oh, it's right there, you, they're right on the surface. I suspect it, the more he gets a loser thing attached to him, the less this has happened to all the others, all the other uh, strong men. Uh, once they seem weak, it's a, it's a problem for them because their brand is strong. You know, and we'll see what he does afterwards. I think he's going to try to do a lot of interviews. I'm hoping to get one myself. Um, um, what do you What do you think he does post? What would be the smart thing to do at post inauguration? What do you think the thing he's going to do is? Because it's not certainly not going to be the smart thing. Well, here's the thing, and we talked about this. I'm obsessed with this Professor Carlo Cipolla's uh, <laughs> matrix around. Okay, good. Where's good for society. From? He's from Berkeley, and he passed away. But he has this. He wrote a book on stupid, mm-hmm. and he has this this 
this matrix where one axis is, you know, good for society, good for yourself. And mm -hmm. intelligent people do things that are good for themselves and good for society. And that's kind of the fuel of capitalism. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the bandits, people who do something uh, that's good for themselves, but not good for society. Right. Big tech, uh -huh. our tech leaders. Uh, and then there's um, the artists that do good things for society, but can't figure out a way to make it prosperous for themselves. Sort of the they, uh, Professor Chipola calls it the helpless. I, I would think of them as sort of artists. And then there's the stupid, and that is people who who damage society with no demonstrable benefit to themselves. And these are these are the stupid. And the reason the stupid are just so dangerous is it's impossible to predict their actions. It's like trying to shoot a target where the movements are totally unpredictable and improbable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about this guy. I just, I just have absolutely no idea. And I would have predicted that more Republicans would have voted in favor of impeachment. So I've sort of given up trying to understand right. uh, the president. I, I think this was on a risk-adjusted basis and absolutely idiotic decision what he did here. I, I, think, I just can't, I think, I think can't get over Liz it. Cheney will prove to be very smart in what she did. Oh, um, she, she's, because she's, she's a made lot her of career. People, it was interesting. It says people want to get rid of her from third. It was three people. It was Andy Biggs, who's possibly uh, compromised here and could face charges or could, he's being investigated for his involvement with the, with the mob. Um, the second one is Jim Jordan. I don't know how, I haven't seen his name in that regard, but I have, and then the third one, there's three people and two of them I think are being looked at for their involvement in the organization of this thing. And so there's just three. And then others like Dan Crenshaw, some others are defending her, right? Who, even if they voted against, uh, uh, you know, against the impeachment, they are defending her. And I'm like, she's gonna get the corporate money. She's gonna get uh, conscience vote. It, 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 and they're all getting cut off. That to me is the most interesting thing. The, how Walmart just decided to cut off everyone that voted against uh, for the election uh, fraud stuff, uh, you know, that, that that they said that there was election fraud trying to stop the thing. They, a hundred and some representatives are not getting money from Walmart. And the list for corporate giving is, yeah. they're all doing it. And so it seems to me, and Liz Cheney, I do think made a conscience vote, but she also made a financial vote. Like this is, she is going to, she's betting on uh, institutionalism, I guess, that will return and mob rule will dissipate as it often does um, eventually. And so I think she's going to benefit much, most here in all of all the people. I was speaking to Roger McNamee yesterday and he read me back a quote, and I don't know if it was the Secretary of Defense, but the longest serving soldier uh, up until mm -hmm. that point that worked in, I think, the cabinet or advised President Lincoln said it, the day before his inauguration, anyone who's guilty of sedition should be tied to a cannon, shot out from, shot from the, from from the Congress or the halls of the Congress, and they're fer, you know used to be fertilized the hill. And yeah. This was sedition. This was insurrection. Yeah. And I, I think Representative Cheney's decision is going to age really, really well. Yeah, uh, I too. just think it's going to be hard to go back. Remember that time you voted to impeach the guy who committed in sedition? Well, that yeah. was the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah, I think it's, I think really once the well. investigation, I think they're being stupid to have done. I would have abstained or something. I just it's really fa I think a lot of them were actually physically scared. I do think there was a whole there was a lot of reporting on that, that some of the representatives were physically scared of their one of them who voted against it, said he went back, uh, uh, voted for it, excuse me, the impeachment. One of the well, Republicans said, he went back to his constituency and they were like, see, we got him. You know, he was a little scared to do the vote. It sounded like. Well, uh, but now that this is where we are as a nation. Right. 
A bunch of them voted by proxy because they were scared of going into the Capitol. Right. Physically Dan Crenshaw, scared. The one who said you're a pussy if you didn't go. Uh, and also and also they're scared of catching COVID as it yeah. now looks like this was a super spreader event. Yeah. Or, so that's where we are. That's where, yeah. that's where arguably if, if we're a free and safe uh, society, this this should represent that. And right yeah. now it does not yeah, represent that. I think the Republicans that. brand is really It's a place good. of danger, of, of violence and infection. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's the capital? Yeah. Dan <laughs> Crenshaw saying we shouldn't vote by proxy. And guess who was voting by proxy? Dan Crenshaw. Uh, they just really need to, they need to really, I would not have done any voting before I knew exactly what happened. You know what I mean? And that's going to be interesting. And I think that you're right. There's going to be an investigation here that is going to show some very terrifying things about insider uh, involvement in this. But we'll see. I don't know. As uh, Unlike QAnon people, I don't know. And I'm looking forward to the investigation. Um, but it, it looks, uh, the whole thing looks like a mob hidden, a hidden, a hidden thing within the mob. And you could see some of it and we're, we're going to, the reporting is going to, and the investigation is going to be very interesting. And of course, if it turns out there was nothing, I will say that. Anyway, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about different platforms responding to the alt-right and Trump and listener mail question. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Scott, we're back. Now you can take off on big tech. YouTube is the latest platform to suspend Trump this week, although it's only for the next seven days. YouTube said in a statement that Trump's most recent video violated its uh, policy for inciting violence. Oh, really, YouTube? Finally. The company is also removing comments from his videos indefinitely. Airbnb is canceling all reservations made in the Capitol this week in an effort to keep the inauguration from uh, pro-Trump rioters. 
uh, and they probably will be rioters. Um, Snapchat also, I'm sorry for saying that in advance, but you seem to have acquitted yourself badly last time. Snapchat also banned Trump for life. Meanwhile, without access to Parler, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, alt-right Trump supporters organizing on encrypted messaging platforms such as uh, Signal and Telegram. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, Jack Dorsey has defended his decision to ban Trump from Twitter, and Sheryl Sandberg has deflected blame for the coup from Facebook, and many people think she was inaccurate. Scott, care to rant go for it well yeah as as as, as Ms. i want to yell i need you to yell at first <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna yell as miss sandberg <laughs> as miss sandberg claims that uh you know pats herself on the back saying that because of her transparency it wasn't her platform no sooner does she say that than they are taking ads from military vests and and basically combat wear right above content around the insurrection it's like yeah. What you missing? Plan planning to head back? Are you could, are you part of the mob? Well, buy this military vest. Yeah. I mean, that's that is uh, for me that sort of typified. More than that, there was lots of proof that they organized on Facebook too. Well, of, co of course there is, but the thing I'm uncomfortable with, and there's a lot to unpack here, is that when we have insurrection, when we have a, a potential coup, the way we mete out justice in our society now is that kayak and caviar cancel his account. That's how we, <laughs> yeah. we, we beg our innovators. We beg our yeah. over, that's the position we're in. Also, yeah. quite frankly, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that AWS mm -hmm. can basically put companies out of business overnight. I think Parler- I'm not, because well, there's lots on. of, okay, go ahead. I think Parler should have been put out of business, but I think it should have been put out of business by the FBI and laws and, and mm -hmm. criminal investigation, not by a web hosting company. And that's, it, this is all, again, further further evidence that the real power in our society is no longer government, it's no longer laws, it's no longer moral authority. It's we hope that a tech company takes down uh, or refuses to, to let them order a lift. And when AWS, I was thinking about the last time a media company was put out of business this fast. And it was I was thinking with Peter Thiel when he funded the case and it put Gawker out of business. Mm -hmm. Now, is that what we want? Is that when, when people are wrong, that's billionaires here, and tech no, no, companies no, putting no. them out Let of business? Let me just say, there are, first of all, it, 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 the fact that Parler made a big deal about AWS, there are six or seven other cloud services he could have used. They just don't want to do business with them. That is the issue. It's They've not been shut up. They're, they're, it's not like he was he was saying antitrust against Amazon. I'm like, it, hey, Dodo Bird, there's six or seven of these. It's not it's not a market that doesn't have competition. It has you have Google, you have uh, you've got um, IBM, you've got Microsoft. There's all, there's there's all kinds of people you can do business with. They just mm -hmm. don't want to do business with you. And I don't think that. AWS has to do business with. Oh, I don't. I don't think terrorist. they do either. I think they, they made the right decision. Off. I don't. I, I know that we're waiting for them, but there's no like it's it, you. If you don't, if you have a store and you don't want to sell to someone, you're not. A, you don't have to. And that why is, I, I agree they have enormous power, and so that's the that's the disconnect here. But don't link that with the fact that businesses that don't want to be in the terrorism business don't have to be in the terrorism business, and so they can make a decision. Now. They're, now, the problem is, if you go forward to that, if you go back in time, these are all the companies that facilitated all this, right? They created, they gave people the tools to make this mess, and now they're like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't know they were doing this with it. And so we have to separate the two. One is the culpability before this right. all happened, and the, right. the other is the decision not to. But there is absolutely no way that AWS has to sell services to Parler Agreed. if it doesn't want to. And they don't, don't have I, to sell them a gay wedding cake. We've already we've yeah. already figured that, you know, we've already determined that. That's You just but, don't like that they have this power. Well, I just think it indicates something very unhealthy in our society when uh, I, I'm glad I'm glad Parler shut down, I think it was the right, or uh, they shut them down, I think it was the right decision. What I think is concerning 
is that a company can basically put another company out of business overnight by refusing to host them. Mm -hmm. um, but he had, just, they had options to go elsewhere. Nobody wanted them. That is what-, what So the they've been shut out. The, the other thing that struck me to your point is that if you own a legal cannabis business, you can't find anyone to bank with yeah. you. So it, it makes sense that, okay, these guys now are having trouble. But I am. A, I, it just seems strange that basically the arbiters of power, the arbiters of justice have become a bunch of 30-somethings that run apps or run- uh, web hosting companies. I think it just reflects the concentration of the big, it all goes back to the same thing. The biggest tax cut, the biggest source of freedom, the, the greatest oxygenation of the marketplace would be to go through and absolutely bust up the concentration of power here. Except in this case, it, there isn't a cut. Like, why didn't Oracle pick these guys up with their friends, the Trump people? Oracle, Mine, did. See, Oracle was like, no, thank you. No. You're, I, as often, I'm learning. My understanding was that basically with AWS pulling the plug on these guys, uh, what you're saying is the entire community pulled the plug on them. That there's no Maybe individually making their decisions, all right. of which is I'm not doing business with that right. bunch of yin yangs. I mean, here Oracle is the example I use because Oracle is yeah. very close to the Trump administration, but yeah. they don't want anything to do with this. Now, you would think that that they would be like, oh, free speech, let's let have them. They don't. Nobody wants to be in business with a place that foments yeah. terrorism. It is just that simple in, in this case. And by the way, there is competition in this particular space. Now, you could you could talk about Facebook and Twitter, sort of the iron, mm -hmm. the iron, you know, they are the only choices Trump has here. And YouTube, the three of them, it's an iron triangle, the three of them. That's three, three platforms where he could go that he can't go now. Now, there's mm -hmm. three, right? That's a lot. That's a lot of things. And Snapchat is four. Reddit is five. You know what I mean? Like they all don't want to do business. I think what we need to be looking at is what happened before. Not that they're doing this now, because I think they're within their rights to cut off business from people. But why did they suddenly decide now that Parler was bad? Parler was bad before, right? Par this was happening. Why weren't they monitoring? Now, a bigger question is something about Airbnb canceling reservations. They have mm -hmm. a history of this. They did it in Charlottesville and they're doing it now. Again, well within their rights to do so. As far as I'm concerned, I just, yeah, you know, they and don't it's want really, It's really interesting. It's actually when you think about it, and I'm, um, disclosure, I'm a shareholder. I'm a big fan of the company. But it's interesting how effective it might be, right? Yeah. To yeah. basically say, look, where are these people going to stay? Well, let's just, let's just say for the time being, we're not going to have Airbnbs in the D.C. metro area. And it also reflects... And a different gestalt, a different approach to uh, business. And that is traditionally companies have said, well, we don't want to be arbiters of the truth. And, yeah. uh, and they slow roll it. And they said, you know, as long as we can keep the, the register ringing, every mm -hmm. narrative points to one place. How do we ensure that we grow 22.7% this month, not 22.6? And this is a different approach. It's saying, no, we're actually going to look at, we're going to do what the business roundtable says we're supposed to do. And that is the directors and the management team are fiduciaries for stakeholders, not just shareholders. And one of those stakeholders is the government. One of those stakeholders is our citizenry. One of those stakeholders is 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 ensuring that we have a safe, you know, we have a uh, we don't have chaos. And they said, okay, that we can play a role in that. And so I, I thought I think it was a good move, and I think it's a leadership move. Yeah. The easy thing would have just been to kind of like ignore it and back away from it. And he did it a, before. He did it in Charlottesville. That's, that's what they right. did. They That's did right. it before. They've done it several times before, actually, which I think is very responsible. I just feel like this is their business. Is the same thing. We're, we're not mad at Walmart for not giving money to the people who voted. We're not going, how dare they do that? Like, they can mm -hmm. decide what they want to do with their money. I just, I think- Well, even Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab is All of them did, but we're not on their, their case. We're on the internet's case. I want to be yeah. on the case of why did Walmart 
fund these people before? Why did these internet companies allow this to go on when it was it was in plain sight what was happening, right? Before. Like that's what I like yeah. now they're suddenly like converted. And this is not it's not as if they weren't warned. It's in this case. Same thing with Walmart and the others giving money. They have they've seen ample opportunity of misbehavior by these representatives and they still continue to fund them because it wasn't this bad. And when it becomes this bad is when they cut and run. I'm fine with them cutting and running, but I want to look at what happened before. So I have one more question, Scott. We've argued about encryption before and what the government should be allowed to ask companies to hand over. How does this moment change this conversation that, that, that a lot of these groups are going on on those things? I'm still in the I'm still in the protecting of them. I'm in the Apple side of this. And how should companies like Signal, which is an app that also used by a lot of journalists, respond to this knowledge that they may be organizing on these platforms? Yeah, you and I, I think you and I do disagree. But I mean, for example, I believe they should be using facial recognition software to track track people down and. But what I want is thoughtful judges uh, that that make good decisions, uh, and that recognize the law and don't don't use these technologies in a in a wanton way that violates people's rights. But I I think they should. I am uncomfortable with Apple or any uh, anyone else usurping the role of the government deciding what information gets uh, that our our national security and our law enforcement have access to. Uh, but well, I think they have to have a, a good case for doing it. They have to. You uh, oh, know, agreed. But there they needs, don't. Usually, yeah. they just want in for fishing around. No, That's you the can't. Issue. Well, it's like it's like before the Patriot Act. It was much harder to get to get warrants, um, mm-hmm. and I think that was probably the right way to go. I think you have to be very thoughtful about when you you are allowed to use these technologies. But I do think they should be part of the arsenal. I'm just uncomfortable. I mean, to your to your to your credit or uh, to, to your point, I have found myself texting more because I think it's more secure, mm-hmm. um, and I do appreciate that security. But I don't like corners of the web that are out of the reach of the greatest force and the least wrong entity of, or arbiter of of when intervention or law enforcement is warranted, and that's the U.S. government and our courts. So. Again, we're just ceding more power to to big tech. They're the ones that kind of decide what what is open for review and what isn't. Well, it is. It's. I think there should be a, an onerous way to get at the information in terms of of the courts, because you know, every right. time, Agreed. you know, whatever you think is what Edward Stone is dead clear, they will sneak around wherever they can. The government will, and they shouldn't be doing that. And so, uh, you know, you you can have your opinion, but they were doing extrajudicial activities. Our government and. And therefore, they they should not be able to. And so it'll be an interesting question. One of the one of the things, and then we're going to get to a listener mail, was um, a lot of people were like, well, now these people are going to go underground. I'm like, they were underground before. Like, don't, they were underground. What's happened is they came out in the light and they thrived. Unlike most mold, they came out in the light and that was even, that, that amplified and weaponized them in a way that mm-hmm. they never had. And to take away their, this light that allows them to, to proliferate, I think is not a bad thing. Like these, these groups, I don't mind them yelling at each other. Who cares if they want to do that? But actually fomenting sedition, take away their power to do that. I, I'm, I'm, perfectly fine with that, and especially in the way they behave in the Capitol. And one of the things I'm worried about is because in this fast news cycle, and maybe the news cycle will slow down with Biden, I think it probably mm-hmm. will, because Trump is one big, like, moving news or news generating entity, is that everyone can slow down and really take a look at what happened here in a way and not and and, and maybe once again, be shocked by what happened. That's my hope instead of us moving on this twitchy culture where we move on from like, oh, sedition. Yeah, okay, not this next. time. This is going to get I, I really do think that we're starting to process this and we're just coming to grips with the fact that, wow, 
Yeah. This was not only ugly and frightening, it's getting it's going to get uglier yep. and uglier when we find out what's going on here. And, and back to this Professor Chipola's um, matrix, the reason why the bandits, the people who leverage the stupid people for their own gains, um, you know, the bandits are never going to run out of the stupids. And so we have to hold both groups accountable. Uh, and the, the people who are sort of behind the, behind the scenes, either enabling, uh, ignoring, you know, uh, you know, accomplices, whatever you call it, to sedition, for every one person that was in that mob, I think there are, are several that are complicit in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either through misinformation uh, or helping them coordinate, whatever it might be. I think we need to literally run down every web and every link here. Agreed. And it's, it's, there's certain tells in society. And one of the tells, if I ever see a CEO saying, we're all in this together, I know it's a CEO asking for a bailout. <laughs> and whenever I see an elected leader talking about our need to heal and reunite here, it's somebody, it's somebody who's wallpaper overing their role here. Yeah. It's someone who looks back and says, Oh, I played a role here, so now it's time to it's time to heal move and forgive along. everyone, including me. Yeah, Let's I think that's a tell. Along. As soon as I see someone standing up on the center floor, this is a time to yeah, heal. Yeah, Kevin I'm McCarthy. Like, that was Kevin McCarthy. I'm like, okay, to me. boss. What uh, is was, what did you do? Kevin what McCarthy, did you do? A hundred percent when I was watching him, he he had to throw Trump a little bit under the bus, this leg perhaps. And yeah. I was like, oh, because a week ago he was like a, 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 a rabid, you know? Like, so this, I, and I don't want to be like, oh, he got it. What I hope we don't do is we focus, the other last thing, and then we'll get to this list of mail question is focus on like the stupid guy with the horns or the guy and the, the, the judge's son in, in, uh, in, in furs and stuff like that. Like, oh, look at these goofballs. Look at these, you know, duck dynasty mob. No, there are, there is an insidious group of people hidden within that. Um, and it, we have to do a where's Waldo on this one, like a deep, bright light where's Waldo. Now, when I walk in and my son, my 10-year-old son immediately comes up and hugs me, I'm like, uh-oh, what's on fire? Like, what did you destroy? <laughs> what, what has gone wrong here? And that's the same here. Whenever yep. you hear this language about us needing to unite and this is no time to hold people, yeah. i.e. me, people accountable. Yeah. Uh, like, this is, we really, I think a big part of healing here is accountability. And also, yeah. I think on the left, we are infected with this bullshit version of wokeness called both-sidedness. There is yeah. no, there is no yeah. other side here. Sedition, sedition and insurrection literally tear at the fabric of everything we think is right and wrong. And, yeah, we, and people should be held accountable. This is not a time for forgiveness and no. moving on and healing. No, hard no. Proctology exam for Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar, I feel. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> you love them, I bet. You love them. <laughs> Vaccinated me? Scott. Vaccinated Scott. Well, you know, my prostate's so big, I wish there was an off switch. Or, Kara, is that the on switch? <laughs> oh, all right. Ba-da-boom. We're going to a listener. Moving on. Let's take uh, a listener. Humor. Oh, my God. Prostate there's two humor. references now. Two references. Orgies and Surrender, Dorothy. Surrender. Right. Let's moving on. Let's take a listener mail question. You've got, you've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, Kara and Scott. This is Jody in New York. As I sit here watching rioters and domestic terrorists storm the Capitol, I would love your thoughts on whether it's possible to rebrand America. Or after today and after the last four years of the Trump presidency, have we gone too far? Looking forward to hearing what you think. All right, we talked about this. uh, Yes, yes, I think it is. Scott, how would you rebrand America? I mean, I think Biden's starting to do that, of course. Um, Obviously going to reach out to all kinds of uh, officials. I think there'll probably be a big, splashy we're back kind of thing. We're back mm-hmm. bigger, better, badder, whatever the, whatever we are. We're not badder. We're, we're, we're less bad. Um, bigger. 
build better together, whatever, whatever. It's a lot of bees. Um, I think we have to really, uh, really have a, like a, a PR initiative with the rest of the world to start mm-hmm. with, like that we're here back. I think we have to, I think, uh, happy grandpa is a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. here, and, 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 and the, the focus on, um, a diverse uh, group of people running the government. I think that's important. I think a persistent um, shunning of some of these Trump people is important. You know, that we don't, we, we're not going to let them return. Like the, a lot of people started the Iraq war, people said they came back too fast on TV and stuff like that, that they should be shunned a little bit. Um, and some, it depends, it, everyone's different, obviously, but it, you can't, you know, it reminds me a little bit, you know, of sort of the me too thing. Those guys have not come back. You know, we're not bringing back Harvey Weinstein. The idea that um, that it, all is forgiven, I think perhaps we have to be stronger on that. And ultimately, look, the stock market is going crazy still. The U.S. stock mm-hmm. market is still strong. So obviously, it's not a risky investment for, you know, we had a sedition and we're still, the, the numbers are still high. Um, and we have to have a very strong, uh, a continued strong uh stance on China, I do think, but although we've lost almost all of our credibility in terms of democracy, et cetera. Well, you, you got to hope that this insurrection serves as a vaccine and not the first I- indication or symptom of, of a chronic illness. And that mm-hmm. is, I like to think that similar to a vaccine, we've seen this tyranny, we've, we've been given an impaired version of the tyranny virus, just enough to alert our immunity system. Yeah. And then we're going to recognize that when Unregulated companies with sociopathic leadership decide to ignore all evidence that they are ripping at the fabric of society, that that is not acceptable and they need to be held accountable. That we're going to recognize that hate speech and leaders who pit us against each other, that this can lead to very, we're we're going to try and arrest the virus. Our immunity system is going to stand on high alert. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this serves as a kind of a vaccination for us, that we no longer take these things for granted. Because here's here's the problem. It, the incentives here are all fucked up. If if you think about, really, it's the 1% of America, the, one, the shareholder class, who mm-hmm. control the government because money has just become such a dominant force in politics. And they keep getting wealthier. And quite frankly, they aren't the ones. They have almost no risk of being separated from their children at the border. They have almost no risk of being exposed to the virus because they have to head out with their diabetes medication and their Diet Cokes into their Ubers. So if if the incentives are such that, uh, and I hate to say this, but I believe the pandemic has been used as cloud cover for the shareholder class to explode their wealth. Hmm. And unless, unless people feel pain, I, I believe one of the reasons in addition to- Yeah, but what to, do you do? I mean, it is what it is, right? The, the stock market- well, you don't have you don't have stimulus where only fifteen percent of the money reaches the people yeah. it's supposed to reach. Mm-hmm. You don't have you have, in my opinion, we need to do away with capital gains. People need to feel pain. If if your wealth is an, is correlated to the number of infections, are you really going to end up with a full throated response to the pandemic? Yeah, the one percent, and this, this is, is what the Stephanie Rule talks about also. Like that, the one percent are living their best lives. So, w- yeah. w- the most powerful people in the nation are they really incented and motivated? I'm not saying that they want the pandemic to rage on. But are we? Because it's inconvenient to their vacations, although they've all gone on. But go ahead. But if this had been killing young white people and the Nasdaq had been cut in half, you would have seen an incre- a different yeah. response to this yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Instead, it's like, well, my stocks are up, and it, 
So look, I, I think we, uh, for example, I think we absolutely should do away. Elon Musk has added the GDP of Hungary to mm -hmm. his personal net worth since the pandemic broke out. Yes. Yes. Trillionaires have added trillions of dollars. The S&P says companies are more profitable than they've ever been because they've used work from home as an opportunity and cloud cover to lay off people. Well, you know what? We're, if we're borrowing $3 trillion against future generations, shouldn't we pay it back? Shouldn't we, for example, do tax. away with a capital gains tax deduction? Yeah. We are so quick to bail out companies and rich people because of these extraordinary events. Well, we've had an extraordinary event, and it's called an absolute explosion and surge in the top 1% wealth. So shouldn't, shouldn't we be thinking about policies and tax policy for them to pay it back? Well, I think but, Biden is. I think there is. The tax break, rolling back the tax break, the putting money in the hands of people the $2,000 checks and in the right hands. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think it's really quite amazing how rich the numbers you see and the tech leaders are an example of this. The number, the amount of money they've gained in this pandemic is just, it's extraordinary. It's, it's yeah. mind blowing. And at the same time, it's like, how did that happen? And then you have to really think hard uh, about a lot of things. And it's not because they were so skilled at their jobs. You know what I mean? In some cases, you're sort of like, okay, they made something really quite amazing and deserve the the benefit, the financial benefit from look, it. Look at look at what's happened here. So let's just do the math. Okay, so a net compensation has declined only by fifty billion. That takes into account increases in salaries because the people who've been really hard hit hard on a professional level weren't making that much money to begin with. Mm -hmm. So we've lost fifty billion dollars in wages. We've put another trillion dollars of stimulus into people's hands. So obviously more money. Mm -hmm. And also, consumers have saved $500 billion because they they're no longer saving. going to the Olive Garden or to Disney World. So what does that mean? A trillion and a half dollars in additional cabbage that American consumers, American public didn't have before, which means the savings rate, which typically bounces along at 7%, exploded to 34%, the highest ever on mm -hmm. record. What do they do with that money? Only 15% of people who receive stimulus said they're going to spend it. So they either save it or, or they invested in stocks. Yeah. So we have seen the stock or market explode or real estate. And who owns 80 to 90% of stocks in real yeah. estate? The top 1%. Yeah. So we have basically said, we have basically said, hey, your kids and your grandkids, we're going to max out their fucking credit cards so the richest become insanely rich. Is mm -hmm. that what this was supposed to do? The, 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 the shareholder class here, either willingly or again, delay and obfuscation or kind of just ignore the fact have played this pandemic like a Stradivarius to a hall of rich people such that we could borrow money to explode the wealth. And you know, we do, sure, we throw some bread and some circus, some circuses at the neediest, but it is striking how little of this revenue got to the right places. Yeah. So how does it get there, Scott? Uh, well, we had talked about this. I think yeah. unemployment insurance. Yep. I personally, we just would have gone, okay, here's a trillion dollars. Here's the third most economically impaired households. There's about 40 of them. That's $25,000 per household. You need a velocity of yeah. a multiplier effect. You And by the way, if you give $25,000 to the poorest household, it's almost like a one-time UBI, they're going to spend 25,000 of it. Yeah. It didn't help us to put, to give people $1,224. So yeah. Yeah. So and then they don't have safe. to make bad decisions. And then they say, well, maybe we shouldn't have 11 of us in a, a thousand square foot apartment. Maybe yeah. dad shouldn't be riding Uber if he's not, or getting in an Uber if he's not wealthy. Maybe, yeah. maybe, okay, maybe we don't want to, to send, to send someone with a comorbidity yeah, to work today. it takes the boot today. off their neck. It takes the pandemic boot off their neck. It does. It does. It allows them to, to, to get up and breathe for a second. I agree with you. I the, the, the amount of wealth that has been made in this pandemic due to no innovation, none, 
zero. Like that again, I back, you know, part of me is like Jeff Bezos did make something that was pretty remarkable. He deserves a lot of money for that. But when you get into the numbers now and why he's getting wealthy now, it's a very different situation. Same thing with Elon Musk. The Tesla is remarkable. Is it this remarkable? Is it, does he deserve this much? No, of course not. It just doesn't make any sense. It does. And I don't know what we can do about it, except the fact that we have to start moving the money where it deserves to be versus where it's it's benefiting and you're right the stock i'm warming class. to this idea i really don't like the idea one of the keys to a functioning capitalist democratic society is even when you make bad decisions there's private property and maybe the tax rates are low so okay fine then change the tax rates but you can't go back and go after private property i don't think you can do that i don't think you can rob no, the situation no i'm just saying it's however, not because of innovation that this got they got agreed rich. however i am warming to the fact i don't believe wealth taxes work because you're you end up being bernard arnault and you just relocate to belgium or the wealthiest people hire the smartest people to hide the money i am warming to the fact, and I think it could be effective, of a one-time wealth tax. So basically, mm -hmm. we say, look, anyone who made a, anyone whose net worth is over ten million dollars has had the best year economically ever, and quite frankly, it's it's a result of an externality. It's a result of oh, borrowing money against future generations, and we do a one-time wealth tax because people won't move, people won't leave the country, people have a much more difficult time hiding their assets on a one-time yep. tax, yep. and there won't be the motivation, but. We're quick to call for bailouts amongst the wealthiest corporations and individuals in these exogenous right. shocks. We've right. had the mother of all exogenous shocks called an explosion in wealth across the wealthy, and we need yep. to pay this shit back at some point. When does when does the adult, when does the person who can do math, when do Republicans actually show up with fiscal responsibility again? It just we seem well, to they have totally they ignore love the that. spending of the money. Um, but how do you how do how do you think that's going to get through? Is that a Liz Warren thing? Because she's talking about a persistent wealth tax. Yeah, I don't. That does. I don't think that works. And also, I do. Uh, if you wealth tax, if you look at a wealth tax around the world, they have very rarely ever worked. They make sense in theory. Mm -hmm. They don't work because the wealthiest have the ability to, to, to get out of it. get out of them, or or they relocate. They move their tax domain to Brussels from yeah. Paris, right? Yeah, or move the, to Florida, like a lot of. Well, money is very people. mobile. Money is very mobile, and so mm -hmm. are the wealthy. The wealthy are the mo most mobile people in the world. Yep. Look at how many people are moving to Texas and Florida. It's not, anyways, it, uh, so wealth tax, but what could work, what could work is a one-time uh, one right. wealth tax. Jody, we've more than answered your question. We, are, we have got to start doing things to get our brand USA back that we're equitable. Oh, but, uh, Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, but the one thing around branding, if you yeah. really wanted, if you thought of this as a company and an organization, the one thing that could bring this brand back more so than any anything, uh, you know, in addition to accountability, is simple, simple. All right. Vaccinations. If back we up. if we yes. led the world, I mean, the reality is uh, the we're vast, not. They, uh, the Israel's already passed us. Already Everyone's passed already us. passed. Agreed. Everyone's but everyone looks passed. to America. If yeah. we, this is all about the novel coronavirus. It's all about okay. People remember the end. We can from a brand standpoint. We could have just really seriously, royally yeah. fucked this up, which we have to date. Yeah. But if we get the rest right, if yeah. we figure out distribution, if we figure out supply chain here and we get our most vulnerable vaccinated and we start to crush. Oh, I think, you know what? That, I think that we will. Help. I think we will because literally we've had idiots running it. Like now, even even a passively smart person running this will will, will have a quantum level of impact. Well, you know we, why I was able to get, the, get vaccinated idiots running and it. why they've lowered the age to 65? I actually think they're going to start adding more and more cohorts because 
they made a smart decision. They said, you know what? What are we doing stockpiling the vaccinations for the second right. dose when the first dose gets you to 80%? Yeah. Just release it all. Just yep. start jabbing people's arms. Yep. Just start jabbing everyone's goddamn arm. Yep. And and Scott, you have been jabbed, so to speak. Um, all right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. My eyes are bleeding. Is that bad? Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> Stop. Don't say that. I'm kidding. I feel the great. The anti-vaxxers will come You know what I did? You know what I did after I got the vaccine when I came what? home? I worked what? out. All right. Good. I was fine. Okay. I was fine. All right. Granted, one more quick break. Granted, I've grown a third testicle. Okay, I don't know what stop, that means. Stop. All right, Sorry, Scott. We'll be back after the break for predictions. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed to the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott. Tasteless, Scott. Vaccinations are very safe. Let me just reiterate that after Scott's little outbreak there. Uh, we have another big news week coming up, the inauguration of Joe Biden. I'm here in D.C. I'm, I feel unsafe. I do feel unsafe uh, uh, being here uh, because who knows what's going to happen, although the troops are everywhere, as I've told you before. You but feel unsafe? I do. I well, do. I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I'm not. On one hand, I'm like, there's such a bunch of imbeciles. I don't know how they organize themselves. At the same time, uh, arbitrary violence is easy. So that's my worry. Well, arbitrary. baby, sleep well tonight. You're three bald man lovers coming down there to protect <laughs> Oh, no, you. I don't want you to protect that's me. That's right. Listen to me. Listen I'm a to me. Belgian Malinois. No, please don't come down here. Like, I will be in much worse trouble if you're here. And plus, who knows what else you'll bring down, what other disease you'll bring down besides, even though you've been vaccinated, that does give you a leg up. Um, prediction, prediction, prediction. I'm nervous. I don't think there's going to be violence. I think there's so many troops here. It's really quite astonishing. I, I'm depressed about that because I really love the inaugural. I've been to several um, and it's a really wonderful day. Usually, no matter what side you're on, it's always a really wonderful, you know, transfer of power is always, it's peaceful transfer of power is always a good thing. Um, but give us a prediction, please. So I was going to make a prediction around uh, the inauguration and politics. And I thought, you know, uh, I was You can thinking, have two. Well, uh, I don't want to make a prediction around that stuff because reality is I don't have any domain expertise and that stuff is so important. And I just don't, I just don't feel comfortable commenting on something this important when I, I don't really have any r real insight. The place Wait, I'm going to have one. Lady Gaga is going to be off the charts. She's singing uh, the the she's singing, and so is J Lo. Really, Lady yeah. Gaga and J Lo. Uh -huh. There you go, poker face. Um, my prediction is she's more. She's not singing poker face. Because... Uh, my my prediction is going to be around. Um, the economy. I, I think that consumer stocks and the consumer economy 
is going to roar for the next 12 to 24 months. I think you essentially have so much pent up demand emotionally and also economically. Consumers have saved $500 billion since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a trip to Disney, whether it's going out and buying you know, those new Apple um, headphones, which aren't available till April. By the way, Apple's about to put Bose out of business. But you're going to see the consumer economy just absolutely. I, I, and I don't know where Mom. it heads in two years. It's going to it's going to be uh, the roaring 20s again for I don't oh, know dear. how long it that didn't lasts. End well. Cons- well, that's that's the correct question. What happens after it? But you're going to see an explosion in consumer spending. I think probably once we get to once what a quote unquote herd immunity is in sight, and once consumers feel safe again. You're going to see people are just going to go apeshit with their spending, just apeshit. And consumer stocks, discretionary consumer stocks, are going to absolutely uh, uh, rip. And it, it's been kind of tech is ripped, mm-hmm. but we're going to see some of the more uh, old line, mainline consumer cyclical stocks uh, jump. And the economy, we're going to see GDP. What's um, going to happen jump. to tech stocks then? Uh, Lease out that particular. I don't. I I, I just don't see. Uh, how they they've had such a run-up yeah but it just they just keep going <laughs> they just they just keep the, the the market here has gotten so crazy and yet when you think it's crazy it gets it gets you know even even crazier so I, I i don't see in the short term i don't see any catalyst for why they would come down and that's about the moment then that they crash but yeah i don't see them coming down in the in the short term so everything up and to the right stock market consumer stuff. It's weird to say. Who's going to do badly? Gosh, that's that's the correct question. I am I don't know. Like I I have always said and this isn't stocks, but I've always said that all the companies that receive PPP that were going out of business and were prepared for a new world are I think we're going to find a lot of those businesses that got PPP loans. We were just building piers, not bridges to uh, tomorrow. Fair point. You're right. So, I think we're going to see a lot of unfortunately we're going to see a lot of small businesses, a lot of a lot of small retail. I, you know, a third of restaurants could go away. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, small and medium-sized businesses. But what people fail to realize is that in all the, all the carnage, mm-hmm. this is what we've done. We've said, oh, we need to save existing businesses. When you save existing businesses on the credit card of future generations, you're not only robbing against future generations, you're robbing against a younger generation because this is what happened. If that cute little restaurant goes out of business, then the real estate prices go down, the cost of capital goes down, the cost of plates goes down. And then some 27-year-old who's a recent graduate of a culinary institute opens her dream restaurant. And it's mm-hmm. a better restaurant that's better prepared for the new economy and the new, the new, the new consumer behavior of the new economy. There is, there is opportunity when young people can buy Brooklyn real estate at 1000 bucks a foot instead of 1500 bucks a foot. There's opportunity yeah. when yeah. people yeah, get to I buy agree. Amazon at 30 times earnings instead of 300 times earnings. So mm-hmm. we've collectively decided, let's use the future generations credit card, and let's not have opportunity for younger people because we've got to preserve the wealth of the existing wealthy. Well, guess what? The reason I'm economically secure is I got to buy Apple at whatever it was, 15 bucks a share in 2009 because of the economic prices. I got to buy Amazon at at 160 bucks because we let the economic crises and the damage done, it's like a fire. It, It spawns certain saplings from crisis. And instead we're like, whatever we do, don't let rich people not be as rich. Well, guess what? Yeah. There's opportunity in crisis for the new generation to come in and have mm-hmm. have some opportunity to buy stocks and real estate at a lower price. But let's burn, be clear. Baby, let's burn. keep that only with the stock market, not with burning down the capital. 
Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> right. To clarify, to clarify. Okay. And my eyes are not bleeding. That was a yes. joke. Yes. Okay, good. That okay, good. I, Scott, I think that's a really good prediction. I really do. I like that. I like that. I like that. I think it's good. All right, Scott, that's the show. Next week, we'll have Senator Mark Warner, one of a, someone both Scott and I know very well, to talk about what he expects in the Senate for the impeachment and more because Scott knows, uh, excuse, because uh, Senator Warner knows a lot about tech and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's lots to talk to him about. Let's make an extra long discussion with him because he's a sharp cookie. Uh, go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit your question for the podcast. The link is also in our show notes. Scott, please read us out. Today's show is produced by Rebecca Sananas. Ernie Endratot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thank you to taxpayers. Thank you to scientists. Thank you to society. Thank you to humanity. Vaccines are a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. <laughs>